The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1-909. 741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome back to The Influencers Edge. To say that today my guest is special would be the understatement of the decade. He is a mentor of mind and someone without whose guidance I could not have reached the level of success that I currently enjoy. So I urge you to not just watch and listen to this once, do it multiple times and do your very best to absorb this man's genius and his wisdom. Today, we have none other than Dr. Greg Reed. And uh, Greg, thank you for gracing me with your presence on the show. I know you're an incredibly busy man, and I deeply appreciate it. So thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Look, you and I go way back, right? I mean, it's been over a decade already, and it's been cool to watch you. Again, the meteoric rise of just kicking ass, taking names, and impacting the lives of a lot of people. So good for you, man. Thank you. So let me read just a little bit of your biography is so extensive because you've accomplished so much. I can only race to it and uh, point out the highlights. So for over 25 years, Greg has inspired millions of people to take personal responsibility. Let's pause right there because that is a term that is kicked around so strongly. And I know you have a special definition of that and it applies to your own personal struggles in your life. So if you could tell us, Greg, what do you mean by personal responsibility? Well, everything that happens is our fault. I mean, we're the ones who put us in that circumstance. It's kind of like, you know, if you hung out with the bad kids in school and got in trouble at school, well, you're hanging out with the bad kids in school. You know, if we're a reflection of the people we hang around, our income, attitude, lifestyle is the average of the group. If we change our association, we change our mindset, our results will change accordingly. So take about accountability and responsibility for what's happening. Now, that's not denying that people go through trauma, people go through pain, that life contains adversity. In fact, I really want to make this about the power of perseverance and the power of resiliency. I think what you're saying, and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but I think what you're saying is no matter how we go through pain, we have the ability to change our narrative. Yeah, in fact, I, I did a new book since you and I spoke. And one of the greatest takeaways was this thing called CPC. And this is basically all I'm sharing right now. It's an acronym that stands for clues, C, patterns, P, choices, C. It's about accountability and responsibility that everything that happens, it is your fault. Stop blaming other people. Um, I'm a single guy. 
I'm 59 years old. And let's say I go out on a first date with an amazing woman. She happens to be 20 minutes late. Now, anything could have happened, but there's a little red flag. That's the first C. It's a clue. Now, I like this woman, so I continue to date her. And on the 10th, 15th, 20th date, every time she's 20 minutes late, that forms a P, which is a pattern. Now, it's my C, choice, whether I deal with it, I yell at her, I break up, I tell her a different time, but it's not her fault. She's just late. We have to stop trying to change people to fit into our own paradigm box. But we'll see someone with a bad reputation in business. They cheat your best friend. You do business, things go wrong, you're mad at the person. You saw the clue, you saw the pattern, you made the choice. It'd be like seeing a rattlesnake rattle, bite your kid's sister, you go to pedicate bit and you're mad at the snake. Looking back in life, we will never be angry at relationships that failed or negotiations that fell through. We're mad at ourselves because we saw the clues, we followed the patterns, but we made our choices late. What do you think prevents people? Now, I know one of the things is the sense that they're they're to they're victims that it's the world's fault that the world is against them what would you say are the things uh, if that's the major thing then find that prevents people from seeing the clues because we've all heard the phrase that person is clueless it doesn't mean they're dumb so what would you say prevents people from seeing the clues fear usually of the truth <laughs> If you really start breaking it down to the core essence, right? We can do the airy fairy answer on this one, but it's fear. Everything's based on fear. So it's a fear of the unknown. It's the fear of loss. It's sometimes it's easier to stay with the devil that you know than the unknown devil. And so what happens is that fear, I would say, is the number one roadblock that holds people back. Now you have, uh, I don't know how much of your own story we want to get into, but I know personally that you are someone who's gone through, uh, a lot of pain, a lot of things that would have caused other people to be so mired in fear that they would have just turned around and lived a small life. But you've lived a tremendous life. And we'll get into some of the things you accomplished. I especially want to touch on that Wishman documentary that took so much. That film took so many twists and turns and you had to really fly on faith and by the seat of your pants. Um, but when it comes for you to... Uh, deal with your own adversity. Can you give us just a little bit of your background of the things you went through and, and how you overcame them? If it's not not being too personal, if it is, we'll move over. Yeah, it. I mean, I, I mean, look, I've been married and divorced three times, uh, but on the same note, in the state of California, and I've never had one lawyer involved. Uh, wow. And I realize if you don't lie, cheat, steal, and you can just truly voice your um, concerns and situations, you'll usually find that you're at the crossing roads because we loved each other out. Uh, I've gone through business challenges, ups, downs, failures, all the different stuff. But, you know, I just don't let those things define me, I, I guess is the thing. See, I've learned something very powerful, the difference between being non-attached and detached. Here's a difference. Detached means you don't give a crap. You know, that's not a good way to live a life, but I'm non-attached. So what happens is I give every single thing that I've got and I pour my heart and soul into something. But when it's done, it's not my responsibility, whether people like it or appreciate it or not. I can only do the best that I can do. And then we were a kid, our mom said, just do your very best. That's what I was raised on. And that's the concept. So I've been in part of 140 books. Some of them are stinkers. So I don't get caught up in the stinker. What I do is I look for the next one and I never get caught up in the hangup. And by doing that, eventually I get to be putting out a book that inspires the lives of millions. So that's my attitude.
That's absolutely extraordinary. If people could take one thing away from you, that would be it. And by the way, my favorite book that you wrote is Three Feet from Gold. I love that book. That is my personal favorite. That's an extraordinary book. How This is something else. I, I know we've barely taken a deep dive into your biography, but you're also incredibly creative. It sounds like I'm, I'm not buttering up. I don't want, other than you appearing here, you've given me enough. You helped me. You were the person who came up with the title of my book. So this would not be a reality without you. But my question is, what is your strategy for being so incredibly creative and so prolific? Most people would think of it as a life achievement just to write one book. How do you stay so relentlessly and even restlessly creative? Well, if I think it, I go do it. I mean, it's, I wish I had a rocket science answer, but that's the truth. If I'm driving down the road and all of a sudden something pops in my head, it's like with a book idea, it's called Station 42. I go, what the station? What the hell is that? So I'll turn off the radio and I go, all right, what's Station 42? And then all of a sudden it says this woman, she just got divorced and she's remodeling a house. And, you know, all of a sudden she takes the you know, mailbox off and a letter falls behind it. And it's from her grandpa from 20 years earlier. And it's a ticket for a train ride to come see her that she never saw. And they realize they're tearing down the train station, station 42. So she decides to go on this last train ride before they close. And sure enough, there's only her and an older woman on there and they build up a bond. And the older woman says, yeah, my family built all these towns and all the car dealers and all the things. And goes, I want one more trip on memory lane and so this woman mentors this woman along the journey and they get off at each station she shows how she built the business and at the end of it this woman says look I never got married I have no kids to pass it on to so I'm going to give this to you in hopes that you can carry the torch and it's not meant for you it's meant to give to your 14 year old so she can have a life of sustained abundance and all of a sudden I turn the music back on and I go home I call my ghost writer and I go here's my book and then that's it I just give her that and then she gives me back an amazing book that makes me look smarter than I am. <laughs> so that's a truth. I, just, I listen to the downloads. How many times have we got those downloads? We're driving down the road and all of a sudden we go, go down that street. And we go, no, I'm going here. But we didn't listen to the download. If I'm driving down the street and something says, go down there, I take that turn, that detour. Because usually the greatest life discoveries are in the detour moments. Whoa, listen to the download. And the, usually the greatest life discoveries are in the detour moments. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, that is that just that blows me away. Let me dive a little bit deeper into your into your bio. Um, your contribution has been recognized by government leaders, a foreign princess. Yep. Who's the foreign princess? Heck, I don't know. It's one of these uh honorary thingies that I get it's, it's so cool I, I got the greatest racket in the world where I, I get to make stuff up and it goes to inspire people's lives and then you get awarded for it but I'm literally playing so it, it's it's a cool life so recently I've had a couple of different princesses but um, it, it's been a really neat opportunity to uh, get in front of people that's extraordinary uh, you have published over 100 books, which I think is crazy in a good way, including 140 now. Okay, 140, uh, 32 bestsellers. There's that's increased, right? It's no longer 32. Yeah, it's probably in the 40s, I'd say now. <laughs> this is crazy. I've written one book with your help. 
32 bestsellers and uh, it's probably more than 45 language about titles such as stickability. I love that one. I remember you talking to me about when you came up with that title, the power of perseverance, the millionaire mentor and three feet from gold, which is my personal favorite. Um, let's see. Turn your obstacles into opportunities have inspired countless readers to understand the most valuable lessons we are here to learn and also the easiest ones to reply. And you're known best for having been the for being the founder of Secret Knock. And that's a Forbes Incorporated magazine top rated event on partnership networking and business development. I had the honor, you gave me the shot at speaking briefly at Secret Knock. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I love about Secret Knock is you bring together people not just from business and entrepreneurship. I remember there was an incredible breakthrough scientist there. The one I attended, he was, I, I believe, from India, and he talked about genetics and epigenetics, correct? Do I remember that? And physics? Yeah. That was Naveen Jain, uh, amazing guy. And then we also had the guy who helped discover the God particle and the CERN collider all the way down to, you know, Oscar winners, the whatever. This next one we're going to do in March is incredible. I wish I could tell you who's coming. Um, but this last time we brought in Carol Baskin, who got to tell her side of the story of the Tiger King. And as, as we've had yeah. private Skype with Edward Snowden while he's hiding in Russia. President Vicente Fox came in to tell us how George Bush tried to convince him to go to war when he knew better. It's really mm -hmm. cool when you get to go face to face with people who've done what everyone else is just talking about and get the information right from the source. Unbelievable that you can gather these people together and, and have the rep that makes them go, okay, I want to jump on, on Greg's platform. Let's talk about, uh, I want to talk to you about an amazing achievement. You've done so much, but I know I was there for part of the journey and you talked about this and shared with us, uh, Wishman. That was a remarkable documentary. So tell us a little bit about how you were inspired to do Wishman and who who this film is about, because a lot of people don't know who, who it is. Yeah, so we were at a Secret Knock event, and Frank Shankwitz, founder of Make-A-Wish Foundation, a nonprofit that grants wishes to terminally ill kids, uh, was there, and I asked him what his wish was, and he said, no one ever asked him. I said, well, I want to be the guy that helped grant the wish of founder of Make-A-Wish. What do you want? And he said, I just want my story to be told so my grandkids will know I did something. So he signed over his life rights. And it took six, seven years of the most trials and tribulations you could possibly fathom. And when it came out in 2019, we made the actual ballad for the Oscars. And we're on Netflix for a year and a half. And now we're streaming worldwide and still trending all around the globe. And the moral is that everyone can be a hero. You don't need to be a celebrity or a billionaire to make a positive impact. You can give a pair of socks to a homeless person or stop a bully from fighting. Everyone can do something to leave the world in a little bit better place. It was remarkable. And you shared things like, uh, stop me if it's too personal, but like running out of money at the last minute and having, you really flew on faith as much as you do did on smarts. And I want to say, this is one of the things that makes you unique. I only know one other entrepreneur uh, who is equal parts smarts and faith. So I would like to know the smarts is evident, but how did you become someone 
who trust so much, not just trusting yourself, but trusting ultimately that things would work out because this show is for salespeople, but entrepreneurs and anyone in general who's interested on being on that edge without faith, I don't think you can be on the cutting edge of your own life's greatness. So if it's not too personal, how did you come about the faith that you have in, in the goodness of life? And, and that, that, do you get where I'm driving with the question? 100%. Paul J. Meyer, the billionaire, told me a great lesson. He said, Greg, he goes, your success is in direct proportion to your ability to withstand a no. He says, if you're willing to ask enough ladies out, eventually you get a date for the dance. And that stuck with me. So I followed something called my knowing, not my hope, not my wish, not my belief, what I know. So when I did my first book, you mentioned The Millionaire Mentor, I was turned down by 268 publishers, agents, and printers in a row. The 269th one said, we'll do your book, just change the title, beginning, middle, and it was horrible. So I took their counsel, I got a ghostwriter, recrafted it, and it went on to become a worldwide sensation, so much so that one quote was shared 37 million times. It says, a dream written down with a date becomes a goal, a goal broken into steps becomes a plan, a plan backed by action makes your dreams come true. It's on coffee mugs, t-shirts, everywhere. That I mean, came from you? From my, that's my quote from the millionaire mentor that was turned down by 258 oh, wow. publishers in a row. And check this out, I'll show it to you. Check this out. Love your home office. Interesting things. There. These are all the letters of rejection. I kept, <laughs> I kept every one of them. People tell me the reasons why it wouldn't work. Oh and, my and, God. and to me, the moral is never let another person or yourself talk you out of what you know to be true. Wow. This is just, this is just blowing me away. Now, we've covered so much already. I know that the the subject matter of this is the power of perseverance, but you've already given us so many strategies for this. What would you say to the person? I know they're not average people watching this and average people is an abstraction. I don't think there is an average person. We're all children of the universe, children of God, and we're all born geniuses and, and giants. What would you say to the person who doesn't have a dream that draws them forward? How do we find our, because you have purpose in your life. You're a man who's walking with purpose and on his path. What would you say to the person who's struggling to find their purpose and their path? Because I think you would agree without a purpose and a path, there's just getting up and being knocked down. There's there's no drive. How? What would you say to someone who's looking to find their purpose and their path? First of all, I'm not a psychologist and I'm not a therapist, I so I just want to be very clear with everybody. I can just share my viewpoint. Uh, for me, I change paths. Uh, that's what I do to keep my interest. So, for example, I believe in mastery. You know, you're a Tony Robbins fan. I, I, I believe in mastery, meaning when I got into the book industry, I wanted to master it, which I did. And then I said, okay, I want to get into the film industry, but I want to master. I don't just want to make a movie. I want to master it. Now I'm working towards TV, things of this nature, things that I don't know. And the secret is I surround myself with people I have respect for, not people I have influence over. And then door number two is I surround myself with people that are getting the exact results that I want. So for example, when I want to make a TV show, which I'm working on right now, I don't ask my uncle Louie at the family barbecue about my TV show. 
I, I book meetings with the founder of Showtime Television, with the founder of E! Entertainment, with Oscar winners, with people that are in the space. And I ask them, hey, how does this work? And I'm learning and getting counsel from those people. And if we would spend our activity only doing that, our lives would change. You, one of the wisest things I ever heard anyone say, and perhaps the wisest piece of advice, no, not advice, uh, the wisest thing that came out of your mouth for me is, I don't know if you recall this, I was saying, Greg, I, I really need to get someone's opinion, and you stopped me, and you said, no, no, Paul, fools seek opinion, wise men seek counsel. I don't know if you remember that, but that blew me away. And I tried my best to live by that. That's, uh, do you remember that? You probably oh, don't yeah. remember it. You no, 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 100%. Well, that was from Three Feet from Gold. John, uh, John Schwartz, the guy who invented string theory, taught me that. And, and if you ever watched the Big Bang Theory, Sheldon was trying to figure out what string theory is. Right. It was John Schwartz. And I said, what do successful people do different than others? And he said, successful people seek counsel and failures listen to opinion. I go, what's the difference? He goes, opinions based on ignorance, lack of knowledge, inexperience, like all your family friends who've never done what you want to do. Counsels based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship will pave the way. If I went to my family friends, say I'm going to write a best-selling book, they're going to talk me out of it to protect me because I'm dyslexic and they've never written a best-selling book. If I go to Mark Victor Hansen, wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, sold a billion copies, he says, Greg, sit down. Here's what you need to know and give you counsel based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. If we would spend our activity, again, only seeking counsel and ignoring opinion, your life would change accordingly. You know, I had originally said to you transparently, we'll go for like 30 minutes, but quite transparently, you've already offered more value. And I think the in the 18 minutes we've been going, I'm, I don't even know, maybe 25 minutes we've been going, I don't even know what's left to ask you. You've just thrown so much wisdom and and. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to have my producer go through and pick out like the 10 top things that you've said. All I can say at this point is, Greg, thank you. I hope to see you. We're neighbors in, in San Diego County. So I hope we get together and see you soon. And uh, thank you so much for the blessing of sharing what you shared on the show. I'm <laughs> always blown away about how prolific you are and how generous you are in sharing your time uh it, it means a lot to me so thank you now there's one more thing if people want to get more of your brilliance more of your wisdom and find out what you have to offer what's the best way that they can do that greg uh, instagram i mean everyone's on social media now it's greg s reed just go there dm me and say hey I'm looking what business books I read or, you know, who, what's a great connection I should get in this chosen field. And if I've got that, I'd be glad to open up the Rolodex and share it with anybody. He means it too. Greg, thank you so much for being on the Influencer's Edge. We'll speak to you soon. We'd love to see you. And, uh, and let's get together in the new year. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the Influencer's Edge. And Greg, we'll see you around. Thank you so much. Keep smiling. Bye. The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1-909. 741-1321.
Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack in sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on the Influencer's Edge Show.